Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and Class in Session. And I'm Pure Scott. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by Amy Leary. How are you doing today, Amy? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Jay? I'm doing great. You're uh, you're staying up late. What time is it there? You're in London, right? Yeah, I'm in London. It's 6 p.m. It's not that late. It's good. It's still light uh, outside, so great. That's all right. So what time is it? It's like 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad. See, I was feeling guilty. I was, I couldn't <laughs> remember the time differences. I've been over in Asia too much. So I, I forget <laughs> the clock the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> right. Right. But um, so what are you doing in London? So I'm in London to uh, pursue my music career. Um, I've been doing like, a, I was in a drama school like last September for three months to, to do musical theater. And now I have signed with an agent and I'm trying to get out there and do additions and all and book a job, you know. So you found London is a good place for you to launch your uh, your music career? Is that where exactly. you're originally from? No, I'm not from here. I'm, uh, I'm French, actually. Uh, and I uh, wanted to start um, my music career in France, but I realized that uh, all I've been doing is English, uh, like my my songs, I write songs and are in, they are in English. I tried to write in French. I couldn't, but uh, <laughs> that's, I did it. That's in- funny because it, it doesn't necessarily have the, sa- the same role off the tongue. It, uh, for a Latin language or a Romance language, it doesn't. That's the one that kind of sticks out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it was easier for me to, like when you say uh, a song about, oh, I love you. When I said it in French, I was like, well, this is ridiculous. No, I can't. I can't write that. <laughs> what is what is I love you in French? Je t'aime. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound as um as poetic. Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See? See? But it sounds like so, a, yeah. like you're you're upset about something. Je t'aime. Uh, well, I guess I'm saying in a French way. Maybe I would say like like uh, other people think French say it. Ah, oh, je t'aime. You know? Oh, okay, that sounds <laughs> so yeah, you know, us. Us Americans need it, it with the extra influence and extra seasoning and stuff that society says we're supposed to hear. Exactly, exactly. Like romance and all, but oh, yeah. sometimes when, bigger when drinks, you go to... Bigger candy, bigger food, everything make everything bigger, better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I'm from France, but um, I wanted to do so. I wanted to do my music career in France, but I realized that my, my, my music wouldn't work there. So I wanted to go to the... The next place where English is the the language, so I was like, oh, let's go to England, London, and it's a uh, it's kind of the second uh, French city like uh, in Europe. It's really really. It's weird. very it's very uh, got a lot of French culture. There yes, in, exactly. I, in I, London, I would assume that uh, throughout Europe you would get a lot of uh, subsects of various countries within countries because of the uh, the close proximity of so many yes. different types of people. I think exactly. that. Uh, Kind of like going to New York and finding Little Italy or, you know, or in Chicago or something like that. You end up going into like a Greek area or a Polish area yeah. and stuff like that. So I would assume it's probably the same. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Exactly. So you're you're in London and you're pursuing your music career, uh, but that's yes. not where you started, correct? 
No, that's not what I started. So I come from a traditional family where everything is supposed to happen. Like you need to study, you need to get a job, you need to get married, you need to have kids, you know, you need to pay a mortgage and buy a house, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I started there. I did everything right in the beginning. So I did um, math studies. I, I studied math for four years and then Ew. I got... <laughs> There's nothing. That's like, that sounds awful. Like, why? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you, you know what? Now I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself like, why did I do that? Why? But How I guess much I did it, it. Helped with music though, because music is math. That's true. That's true. But we never, we never worked on that, on that correlation. But uh, later on, I, yeah, I knew that it was like very, very close. So yeah, I did um, I did four years of math and then I got certified to be a math teacher in France. So I was like, okay, that's great. I'm really happy. I'm really proud. My parents were proud. And in France, when you're a certified teacher, you are a teacher for 40, 45 years and you cannot get fired unless you do something very, very bad. So you're like automatically tenured and you're in exactly, and you can hang out. Exactly. As long as you're not, you know, punting kids or doing anything nefarious, you're kind of good to go. Exactly. I don't know exactly. if that's good or bad. I, I could see the the advantages of it, but then I can also see the disadvantages of it where, you know, the person that just doesn't care and does the bare minimum. Exactly. The French people, sometimes they, they see it like, a, oh my gosh, you, you have this advantage that you're not going to get fired in 40 years. So why do you ask more money? Why do you, uh, you know, why do you complain? You have holidays because you are a teacher. So, you know, so that's what I did. And I did four years of that. And then I realized that I, I can't do that. I can't, I cannot project myself 40 years from now and do that again. So I did like a, a burnout, like, yeah, I'm going to say that. I did a burnout my fourth year. Okay. Yeah. Do, you know how many burnouts I've had in life? I feel like there's a crossroads at every juncture when you make a change that requires some kind of crises to put you on your knees. You either go through it or you don't and you stay in it. So I'm with you. So you hit the wall. I hit the wall. I remember one time we having we were having drinks with my colleagues and they were like, Val, you, it's been two hours and you haven't said one word. And I was like, I don't even know where I am. Like, I, I'm, I don't know what I feel. I don't know. I was numb. I think that's what that was the day when I realized that I cannot go through that, that the rest of my life, I need to do something. It's not my purpose. I had um, music on the side. I did concerts and all. So I felt like I could do that on the side, but I realized that this is not something that I wanted to do as a hobby. I guess that's why I, I had my burnout because I was like, no, my purpose is to make music and to be in front of an audience and sing and play my songs and tell my story. So that year of 2014, I decided to ask a time off from the Ministry of Education. I didn't want to quit because uh, at that time I was like, yeah, I don't want to you know, I, I want to have a plan B just in case. And then that was back then. Today, I'm like, I saw again today, I think it was uh, Will Smith's motivational speech when he said, don't have a plan B because it will distract you from plan A. It's 100% true. Yeah. 100% yeah. true. Plan B is an alternate place to put your mindset and it does not dedicate the true self to what you're trying to do. It, yeah. you're, you're actually taking a large chunk of your capabilities out of the equation just by putting it in theory that you might yeah. need it there. Exactly. Exactly. But back then it was my, it was my time where I was like, 
I want to do what I, I want to do what I want to do, but I'm scared. So I'm just going to have that just in case. I mean, I was so happy b- because they gave me that time off. And then I went to London and I told my parents, I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to London. They were like, what? You're quitting teaching? What are you going to do? I'm going to make music. I'm going to record an album. I don't know. I will see. But I'm, I'm moving out and I'm going to London. Peace out. I, I had to prepare them for, <laughs> love it. for six months. It was really hard. Did you say that when you left the math class? I want to hear, I, I hope that when you left the math class, you were like deuces or peace out and walked out of there in front of the kids. I feel like the kids would love you more for that. Uh, yeah, well, I told them, I didn't say peace out, but I, I told them like, yeah, okay, guys, you were in my last class. That was not nice. That was really hard. But you know what? Thank you for that. Because because of that, now I'm going to where I'm, I want to go. So I'm going to London and make music. And they were like, what? Are you a singer? Really? Oh, my God. We didn't know that. And, and then after that, they tried to search me on Google and everything. So it was so funny. And then my first year, I remember that my first year, I had high schoolers. And then the three other years, I had uh, middle schoolers. And after my first year, I was an intern, a, a, a teacher, an intern teacher. And I knew that I was going to leave after the first year, that I'm never going to see them again. And they were... and they figured me out. They were like, we found you on Facebook. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh yeah, we found you. Uh, we know we play, you play music. You know, we know that you're a singer songwriter. What? And at the end of that year, I did a concert and they actually came. My students Aww, came. That's amazing. That was, that uh, was did you so cry nice during the concert? Uh, almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, that <laughs> I, can, was, I can imagine. Uh, because they were like, they, they learned my song and then they were singing the lyrics. I was like, wow. Let me ask you this. Were they ever that involved with you during math? Some of them, yes. I guess, yeah, my fan, my Not fan so base. much, though. I wouldn't <laughs> say that it would be anywhere near that. If you, unless you no, had kids yeah. singing along, you know, algebra equations or whatever it might be. <laughs> Right. Because that's a that's a mind thing. That's a that's a uh, that's a human problem. Those types of things. Yeah. Music, yeah, yeah. Though, I, I, I would argue that when you did that, you were being what you truly were supposed to be from day one. And that made them much more capable of bonding with you and wanting to be near you, because that was the first time in front of them. You had been truly authentic. Yeah. I mean, you're right, because even like uh Five or six years later, I was in a French musical in Paris and they came to see me because they felt connected to me after that. So, yeah, you're, you're totally right. It's things come from different positions, you know, like um, this show. I, I went down a whole bunch of different paths and things like that. And and I've talked about this on the show a bunch of times about uh, authenticity. You know, the only thing that I found out in my life was that the best way to uh, peace and happiness is to simply be yourself 100% of the time and not allow any outside influence to change how you believe in yourself or how you interpret what life should be. If it comes from within and it's an impulse, it's probably right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, For whatever right. reason, it's probably right. If you feel inclined to sing, you need to be singing. You know, yeah. if you feel inclined to do art, you should do art. If you feel inclined to talk to people, you should talk to people because there's a damn good reason, but I think that you couldn't be the singer you are had you not put in the time as a teacher and learned to appreciate what you had, 
the gift. Exactly. I remember when I was a, a teacher, some people told me like, well, it's kind of the same. You're in front of an audience, you make them listen. Yeah, but if they don't care about what I'm saying, and even me, I was like, I'm teaching math, but why did I do math? <laughs> I, what? This. I never <laughs> went to a concert and got hit with an eraser or some <laughs> shit like that. You know, they didn't tap something and go like, hey, Pay attention. There's yes. no, that's not oh the my same God. experience. It's not the same. And yeah, I realized that I was not, I was, I was kind of playing um, a role when I was a teacher. It was not me. I, ne I needed to be tough. I needed to be really sometimes mean, sometimes like a mother, which I'm not when I'm a singer. And um, that's totally different because I was really myself when I was a singer. It's, you know, I, I feel like all of the roles that we do in life because they're not natural to humans. I feel like they're all not fulfilling. I feel like they're all a masquerade. And I feel like the reason that we have the stressors and the anxiety and the depression that we do is because of the fact that we're held inside that bubble and we're yeah. running around inside of it. And we, in all actuality, have much different intentions as human beings. Um, and then everything that we suppress is some kind of issue or stressor within Issues. us. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally. It's, it's funny how you come across that over time. It, it really does. That's not something that you can be gifted at a young age. You really do have to run your head against a wall a whole bunch of times. So yeah. what was the, the moment you said sitting in the bar, hanging out with your friends and you hadn't talked for two hours? Is that the, is that the pivotal moment or is there something else? Pivotal moment uh, to be a singer. Correct. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't see the bar being the one that kicked you. That that wasn't the one. What, no. what put you on your knees? You hit your knees before you made this decision. Yeah, it was a, lo a lot of times where I was like, I, I had a stomachache every morning. I was like, mm, this is not feeling good, but I, maybe I, I'm stressed. Maybe it's just stress, you know, anxiety. It's fine. It'll pass. Oh, I have holidays now. It's going to be okay. And then I go back to eight weeks of teaching and I'm like, no, this is not good. So that's why I was like, yeah, it's a slow burnout. And then this bar, yeah, I was like, I don't understand how, how, why don't, don't I speak to my friends? They're my friends and I don't have anything to say. I don't know what they're talking about. It's like I was in my own bubble and. Almost like a mini existential crisis. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. a disassociation. It's a disassociation okay, yeah. from the situation and you find yourself looking from the outside in exactly. and it looks as if everybody is in a play while you're sitting there and you don't understand the dynamics of the scenario for a while. Yeah, well, that was it. That was it. it, it it's been happening, I think, to more people. I, I feel yeah. like people are kind of finding that situation that it, it there seems to be a lot more masquerade than, um, than we are realizing just through social conditioning. I just hope that people are talking about about it because sometimes you're like, okay, this is it, but I'm not going to talk about it to anyone, and I'm just gonna, okay, let's let's hope for for the best. Maybe it's gonna get better, and it's getting worse and worse. And I had the um, the, the privilege to have such good friends who understood what I was feeling, and they were like, they they asking me questions like, okay, uh, Amy, tell me what's going on, what's going on, and I was like, I. I I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to feel. And then, I don't know, several conversations later, I was like, maybe I don't want to be a teacher. I think we had some conversations with some of my friends. And then I realized that maybe why I'm feeling like this is because I don't want to be a teacher for the rest of my life. Okay, now that you know that, what do you want to do? Well, you knew what you wanted to do. You knew what you wanted to do since you were a kid. <clears throat> That's true. But you're like, I want to sing. But, you know, 
because I'm coming from this traditional path that singing You're not is, alone in this. You know that, yeah. right? That is, this is the human way. And it was it it served its purpose to get us to a certain level, and we all needed to be widgets for a while in a machine to be able to get ourselves to where we are now. But it mm-hmm. doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it's it's the box has to break. You know, it's got it. We've got to come to some understanding that we're not machines. Exactly, that we're actually walking, breathing, living creatures with an artistic expression in addition to minds. We've got to control the mind, not let the mind control us. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. I realized that I wanted to. It took me I think it took me to like a a couple of weeks when I was like, you want to sing? Okay. what do you want to do? You want to do that? Okay. well, okay. I want to go to London. Okay, I said it. I want to go to London. Okay, you made it a reality. I made it a reality. Exactly. The first time I was like, yeah, I could go to London. And then, okay, repeat it to yourself. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe, yeah, maybe why not? You know what? I want to go to London. First step, me. Second step, my parents. Okay, daddy, mommy, I want to go to London. And so it, it got like more real because now it's not just me. I told the people around me that I wanted to do that. So it felt more real to do that. Like I, t- I told someone else. So now I, n- I need to do it. It's almost you like taking I mean? off a weighted vest. Yeah. I, that's, that's how I felt when I approached the podcast. And, and left the uh, business world and that kind of thing. Um, it was the first time in my life that it felt like I was supposed to be doing this. You know, mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you're told to shut up all the time because you talk oh. too much. Ah, uh, guess yes. what? <laughs> you grow up to be a middle-aged man for the podcast. <laughs> and you can talk whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me. <laughs> no, it just... It was it was what I was naturally inclined to do, but I was also supposed to go through a, a wild ass life and go through some you know some great shit and some horrible shit and some you know everything in between to be able to have a podcast that says tragedy. Yes, that's I'm pointing, but yeah, the, tra- I, the mirror isn't working here. <laughs> it does. It does. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. So it it does require a certain amount of struggle in order to have the appreciation yeah. for what you're putting back. I just feel like um did the pandemic um I know this is like the question. How did the mm. pandemic change you? Um you know, did you realize your potential or did you grow <laughs> another 40 inches in waist? You know, it's or, you know, it's something like that. But I feel like if you were already on a track or a path to where you're headed now, that it was just probably, how did it help you or how did it hinder you on that path? It was really hard. Like, but I, I was, I, I had people around me to support me and they, they were like, you are made to, to be a singer. So don't worry about that. You, you, you do that. But I have some people around me too, who, who were like, are you sure? Like you have like a, a life, you have a life and you throw it out of way. Like some people would, would kill to, to be in your place. So like, you know, uh, I was feeling guilty and I was like, yeah, maybe you're right. That's, that, that's why, you know, that's why I, I kept that's my, why they did that. my plan B. Yeah, so I know. I, the, the reason that happens is that people, this is my opinion for what it's worth, is that anytime somebody tells you to not pursue a dream or tries to give you some kind of dissuasion or they kind of, you know, put something on the table that you should consider or worry about or something like that. They're not doing it to hurt you. They're doing it as a way to justify to themselves why they're not taking the leap of faith for whatever it is they believe within themselves. 
So if they put those out there, then they don't have to go after what it is. And they can stay in the safety of a 40-year job. Exactly. You know, that kind of thing. Because they don't want to admit that they fucking hate. A f- they don't want a 40-year job. Who the fuck wants a 40-year job? No. Like, when did that become something that was a fucking great thing to have? I know it is, mm. but it really isn't. 40 yeah. years of your life dedicated to one thing and mm. one thing only just to be able to get food and hang out. Fuck that. No. Yeah. No. Actually, yeah, this is not just your opinion because I share it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Thank you. I, I totally agree that this is because the person or the people want to have the same like chance or will to, to do what I'm doing. That's why they're like, mm, are you sure? Well, OK, you know what? But I just want you just, you know, they're literally asking themselves the question. You could exactly. not be standing there and every single thing they would say just applies to them and their dream. That's yeah. it. They might as well yeah. be talking into a mirror. That's true. But it, it's, took, it took me a long time to understand that because I thought very it was... much so. It's hard. Mm. But once you figure out that that's what they're doing, it allows me to be empathetic to yeah. people's situation. And I feel like there's two roles that you can do this. You can be against the naysayers or you can be an inspiration for them. Yeah, exactly. Give them the courage to take a step. Don't act a lead on the way. Don't act like you're different because the moment you act like you're different, then you make it unattainable. Yeah, I have some people tell me that, why are you still friends with them? Like they crush you because they're they're telling you that you're not going to make it or something. Why are you keeping these people, these negative people in your life? And I'm like, I'm not going to stop because they just, they, they, they care about me. I know they do. It's just, they don't know how to say it or how to, it comes, so it comes with some, a lot fears. of wisdom. That's a lot exactly. of wisdom to be able to, to look at that. And that, that, that means that you've, you've done some self-reflection because you oh, can't yeah. look at people that way without it. Well, you told me about the pandemic when what changed. I did a lot of like soul searching and self-meditation and all that podcast. And it really helped me understand how to approach people that have been in my life for 20 years and then accept them. But not losing myself either because the, I, I had some people that I had to cut off, of course, but I had mm-hmm. some people. Absolutely. You like, have to, I mean, there's a fine line sometimes. in there that yes. you, you need to protect yourself to a certain degree. Exactly. But it's not a, something that you have to do automatically. You're not going to be like, you know what? We don't share the same thing. Let's get out. No, I had to grow inside of me more empathy for that, for this person, for these people that are keep telling me things. And I'm like, you know what? If you can find something that it's, as inspiring as what I'm, uh, I'm doing. Like the, the music for me is inspiring. That's that's helping me gain through going yeah, through it's, everything. It, it's a feeling from within you. You get exactly. to, you know, exactly. express yourself in the most natural way possible. And you could, I couldn't help but wish that everybody has that opportunity because it's so fucking cool. It feels amazing. But yeah. Notice people come to you in that moment. Exactly. It's yeah. Go ahead. You cannot expect people to be like you too. So you just need to say that again, please. (laughs) Like you cannot expect people to think like you. Thank you. So you have to have empathy. Exactly. And where do you find empathy? I'm curious to see where you find your empathy or where did it start from? Because you said that it grew throughout the pandemic. Where was the root of that? Did you find something within yourself or what, what was it that changed that, that shifted that perspective? I think I've always 
being empathetic, but I didn't realize that before. I love my parents. My dad was very, very here for us. Uh, I have three siblings and he he built his home with us, his family, from nothing to everything. And he did it without being loud or um, selfish. And I was like, you know what? My dad is, in, is an inspiration. And, and that's, that too, all of my um, adolescents, they were like, you know what? You need to be discreet. You need to, you know, you cannot be loud. You need to be discreet. You need to be like sometimes hide and, but, and you need to double your efforts because you're not white too, you know, you're French, but you're not white. So that was like, it's another topic, of course, but I listen more and more the people around me. I was more attentive and I tried to feel like, I tried to feel like, what are they trying to say? What I'm trying to be in their shoes. And I think that that started there. Ah, like I was a you, teenager, you, put you know, yourself in their exactly. Shoes. I, well, yeah, I put myself in their shoes. <laughs> yeah. And I started there. The self-reflection, at least for myself, it was, that was a moment for me to take care of myself and come to the realizations that I was not the sum of those things. Those things were actually non-existent and I can be whoever I want in the moment. And once I figured that out, it was kind of like looking at everybody. It's like a, not for me, it was, it sounded more of a dream state or a mental illness than it sounded like, you know, willing participant in some grand social experiment. You know, mm -hmm. it, it feels more like a lot of people really got shitty dice in shitty situations at young ages, and they don't know why they are who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there was a guy that said, forgive them, father. They know not what they do. That guy was pretty wise. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's things like that. It's pretty simple. They don't know because it's yeah. like a genetic and hereditary insanity. Mm. And that self-realization makes you really empathize with people when you look at it and you're like, oh, shit. You mean, yeah, they really didn't have the, the right situation on day yeah. one and day two. But you can't discount, like yourself, you said that your father was always there. He was a good mm -hmm. man. He was a provider. He was a good mm -hmm. societal human, it sounds like. Yes. He fit yes. the mold. He did the J-O-B. Yes, And God bless that generation. I love them for it. Yeah. They're kicking a fucking beating right now because they don't understand what's going on. You know, and they the really yeah. are just scared shitless and screaming yeah. about everything. But that doesn't discount that any of the experiences that you had are no less difficult because they're from the eyes of a person that has a different foundation. So yeah. that means that, you know, when you're being told to hide or when you're told to be demure because you might be singled out because you are not a Caucasian French person, you know, so you fall into that bucket. A lot of people don't realize that if you're not Caucasian, you're in France, you might be a terrorist to everybody. They don't even know how to understand it. And that creates a whole separate side yes. of the brain. It, exactly. it's, a, it's a defense at that point. The mind is a defense mechanism. And the way that we act is the method in which we hide from the pain. Yeah. Hey, academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest? Then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at thetragedyacademy.com. 
and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And now back to class. I remember when I was like, I was, I was not supposed to be a loud girl, but when I was with my friends, I was always the, the energetic one, like always bubbly and all. And one day, I think I was 17 years old or something. My mom was like, I think you need to calm down. <gasps> and that sentence really broke me that after that, I don't know if it's maturity or because I didn't have the choice, but a couple of years later, some of my old friends, they were like, wow, you, you, you've grown. You're not that bubbly girl and an energetic and immature girl. You're just very calm. Well, you picked and up very... a stomachache. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> you picked up a stomachache that you're going to yes. have until the, the probably what, what'd you say? Four years ago is when you started this journey. <laughs> no, no, more. <laughs> yeah, but the the, uh, the stomach ache probably stopped around there. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So as yeah. Soon as, was, you, as soon as you suppress it, it becomes it. It becomes it. Yeah. Empathy is everything. Do you find it helps you with your music? It does help. Exactly. Yeah. It does help because you're. I mean, I'm when I write songs, it's a lot of my stories. But sometimes I'm I'm talking about like people's people's stories around me. And I cannot do that without understanding what they what they've been through and not just being like from the outside what it is. And I need to listen and understand them. So I need to put my judgments aside and just be there and like, okay, tell me what happened. Okay, okay, I will do that, 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 that. And yeah. You want to understand their human experience so you can convey exactly. their words correctly? Exactly. The emotion. I, I, I can see yeah. that. I feel like that that in and of itself is is probably a calling to be able to translate what other people feel into yeah. an emotion or words that the rest of the world can actually relate to. Because, I mean, let's face it, words and language are the shittiest thing in, and also the greatest thing. They yeah. they have the ability to to mend so many you know different areas, but at the same time, they hide cultural understandings and feelings. People fail to realize that when you're standing in one country, people will look at you if you ask them, say, how do I say this? And yeah. you'll look at them and they'll say, well, we don't say that. Mm. Or they'll say, you say this type of word in this situation. We don't have that word because we don't know. We've never put a name on that on feeling that word, yeah. or mm -hmm. that belief. It is a non-existent. And people fail to realize that when they're having that conversation about things that are so important to each side, that they're not realizing that there are things they have no clue exist because they've never seen it from that perspective. Yeah. And I feel like the arts and the negotiators and the and and the people of the the world with multiple languages or an ability to convey some kind of truth you know that it, it, it's their job to try to convey that because you're living in that melting pot in france people don't understand that that is that is a melting pot yeah it is something aside like i was watching the friends reunion last night and so was i, I was, with my wife oh my gosh friends, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and and we were watching with my flatmates and we were like wow i don't i feel i feel something like for them it's real life for us, it's fiction, but I feel something like I was with them. So let, yeah, like you said, you need to, when you, when you work in the arts, you need to connect and you need to make them, make the audience feel what you're feeling. 100%. It's, it's the conveying of an emotional yeah. concept, you know, or situation. You said, you said a great word. Um, you 
experienced it different than they did. You experienced it watching fiction. They experienced yeah. it living that moment. More recently, I've because I stopped watching TV unless okay. it's kind of fact or uh, for some reason fiction became uh, difficult for me to sit in front of because okay. it, it felt like it started to become like a waste to me because it was like fiction watching fiction if that makes sense yeah yeah it does but when you step on the outside and look at it in that way you get to see the beauty of what it can do as an art form i feel like because we as a society or humans are not mindful and we're not in the moment mm -hmm. that we're so far down the rabbit hole that it requires us to sit in front of a TV and experience one person or just a couple people's moment in time to get the full feelings that they probably would have gotten at their last, you know, friend dinner yeah but because we're so focused on yesterday tomorrow or how we're perceived exactly. we don't realize we have to literally have people put on shows to remind us what it's like to be human yeah yeah completely you're talking about present moments and um i've been listening to a podcast with jay shitty uh you know jay shitty no i don't but that last oh, name's yeah. amazing <laughs> <laughs> he's um i he's like a, this guy <laughs> He's a he's a British living in, in the US and he's a he's like a a, a coach like a, a life coach and he was a monk for a long time. Oh no and shit! This he, guy's yeah. real then. He's real and he's not he trying was, to sell you the secret. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and he was interviewing. I think it was um I think it was Christy Metz from This Is Us, and she was like, you know, the present moment. You don't understand w what what you're doing right now. What why are you here? But ten years. When you look at 10 years after or before, you're like, oh, this moment was for that. And yes, but and we um, and we all complain every time on the present moment, like I'm, I'm not getting what I want. I'm not here uh, to, to be what I want to be. I'm struggling. I don't know what's happening. But in five years, when you look back 10 years, you're like, but that moment was leading to this moment, but I didn't know at the time. And I think it was really interesting. Like, that's why I'm starting to starting to be more aware of the present moment and enjoying myself every day and enjoying my path. And I know that I'm not going to build a wall right now, but I'm laying brick after brick. And then one day will be a wall. And that's all I'm going to do. And, and with the expectation, I'm sure that not all the bricks are going to stay there. They're going to yeah, fall. Course, They're going to crumble. There's going to be better. There's going to be one day with 20 bricks and another day with minus five. Yes. Because that is what life is. There yes. is no, we, we have some kind of super fascination with the ideal moment, the ideal life, the ideal situation, the best of the best of the best. And we pursue it every single time. We'll do it. Like, like if we throw a, let's say we have an annual Memorial Day party, right? Or mm -hmm. Memorial Day barbecue. Um, I'm of the mindset, probably a wrong one to choose because that should be left for Memorial Day. But yeah, any kind of annual thing. Every year, rather than focusing on the people that are there, each year you will spend more and more time trying to outdo the year before. And sure. people will go in and they will not be as satisfied if it's not better than before or not. Yeah. How 
fucked up is that? Yeah, yeah, like, it, it is. It's so bizarre and wasting all those now moments on other shit. Guess mm. what? It's never been tomorrow and it's never been yesterday. When you get there, you let me know. Mm. I'll meet you tomorrow. You give me a call when you're there. It'll never be that. Yeah. It'll never be that. It's always now. Everything that we look at is going on at any given time. I mean, Einstein said it. It's 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 all about perception. Yeah, and yeah, it is. If it is never those things, then we have one job and one job only, and that's to be us. Yes. Nothing more, nothing less. Yes. I see you exactly. doing it. I love it. Oh my god. I the love passion it. Too, that you yeah. have for it. Your music is amazing. I listened. Your latest oh, release you. was Torn, right? Yeah. No, it's higher, actually. Higher, actually. It's, They're both yeah. around the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Torn was what, the first one that I did in um, in London, actually, in 2014. And then uh, Higher was the second one that I did in Nashville, because I went to Nashville, too. I heard it. I was going to ask you. Yeah. I could hear, because you're a storyteller, mm-hmm. and, and I can hear that. You're, you're more of a, you have that, a lot of acoustic sound, yes. a lot of melodic, you know, tones. And I could hear, I was going to ask you where the country came from. Most people won't hear it, but that was the first thing I heard when it came on. And it was not because it was apparent or it's not because it was country, but you could hear that somewhere in there, I could smell a little bit of twang. Yeah, 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 it was. Uh, so, yeah. The, it my sounds second, great. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. I really, that's why I wanted to, uh, that's what I wanted for my second EP. So my first EP was a country, so it was a country album too. Um, but I did it with a French producer that I met here in London. And he was amazing with it. And he was very, um, uh, he was very close to me, like close to what I wanted and everything. So we, it was more like acoustic pop, but with a touch of country. But the second one, I met this guy in Nashville in 2017. And then I was like, you know what? I'm coming back in two years. I want to do this EP with you. And he was like, you know what? No problem. I was, I, he's been recording and releasing his own thing. I was the, I was, and I am the only artist that he produced and not recorded like for himself. So I was really like very, oh, thank you so much for doing this to me. It was like, because I love what you're doing. And, and we, we wrote a song together too, so that helped too. And he, li- he lived in Nashville. He's not, he's not much of a, a country singer. He's a, a rock singer, but living in Nashville. So he's been around like country music a lot. And he, and he wanted to do country rock music. Rock has roots from- in country. Exactly, true, yeah, exactly, I mean, true. Let- Kansas, yeah, you know, yeah. it's stuff like that. You that music is, you know, Alabama, you know, Alabama, all that Alabama. stuff. That's it is. that's where rock comes from, rockabilly, all that stuff. Love exactly, it. exactly. So uh, yeah, and he was, um, he was like, okay, what kind of sound do you want? And I'm like, I want a country sound, like a more country than my first one. And I think we did. He did what I, I wanted him to do. So that was amazing. I, I'm really happy that I did the second hippie with him. Yeah, you could you could really feel the art in it. You could tell it was very well produced. The the use of of you know moving music from side to side, so you felt like you yeah. were involved in the scenario was really cool to to feel. Um, I love I love music. I love um, I love how it transports you to different times and it, it conveys an emotion. And I think that you have. I mean, an amazing talent. And guys, if you want to, thank you. If you want to listen to this, um, we'll uh, we'll have all the links in the yes. in the show notes and everything. But uh, if you want, we can also put it at the end of the show. We can have a couple of your songs on there if they'd like to stay on and listen as well. Yay! Cool. So yeah. <laughs> so 
from here, what's mm-hmm. next? Where are you try where do you see yourself this year? Where is where is Amy going? So I've been doing a lot of auditions thanks to my agent, he's amazing. I want to be a musical theater performer, but I really want to do acting too. So I've never done really uh, like acting classes. I did some in drama school last year, but I really loved it. And um, I think I want to dive into it too, because I feel like it's kind of the same as my storytelling when I sing. And I think if I can do that with the words, I can do that with the whole physicality and emotion, um, emotion, emotions around, uh, inside of me. I have like a dream, like the Dear Evan Ensign musical. Oh my God. Do you know, do you know this one? The no, Dear I do not. I, I, I'm, <gasps> I'm going to confess. I grew up like in the backwoods. I was in the army. I, was, I am not your musical theater guy. Doesn't okay. mean that I, that I can't appreciate it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I love art. I love what they're doing. It's raw. It's no holds barred. If you trip, you're, you better work it into the act yeah. and move on, you know, that kind of thing. So that's Awesome, but do I know shit about any show? No, nah. no way. <laughs> no, yeah, I would, no. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do that. Like for the next, like I don't know, two to five years. But at the same time, I want to do a full album too. I want to do a tour now. I want to, you know, I want to get a, put my music out there. And there's a lot of like with the pandemic and all. There's a lot of stuff that we can I can talk about in my songs. So that's why I'm like, ooh, inspiration, inspiration. <laughs> so do you uh, you let the cat out of the bag? Mm-hmm. You said, I said, what happened to the pandemic for your music? And you just said it like three times. Inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. And I think that um, I think that a lot of the people around the world, it allowed us to do a couple of things. One, as artists, it allowed us to um, adapt and overcome to the situation out of the building, into the house, and uh, able to maintain the quality. Yeah. I don't remember the second one. <laughs> <laughs> inspiration i I guess (laughs) yeah the inspiration i think it just allowed us to draw on everybody's pain around us because at this at that moment it was allowable yeah i think that all of that that pain and that you know suffering that everybody was going through standing up every day going to the same job every day doing the same routine every day and you know and and we all make that stupid joke what's the definition of insanity Oh, like well, hey, you fucking did it every morning for the last <laughs> 60 years, asshole. Yes. Like, yes. how are you not figuring this out? It's because we're in a waking dream where we're just like, no, 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 no. It doesn't apply to this. Yeah. It only applies to this. And that's not true. And I think that the inspiration from within that time frame is is something that a lot of us are pulling from because the pain has been let out. Yeah. The pandemic made it either it'll either make you or break you. Um, I feel like it was it was meant to not meant that means that you know no, yes. some kind of whatever. Um, but I think what it did was it allowed people to work out their shit or yes. just give up. One or the other. One yeah, or two things are going to happen. Your marriage is going to end or your marriage is going to get stronger. Get through. Yeah. You're, you know you you get trapped in the house long enough with somebody you don't like. <gasps> oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, when you don't have that ability to hide from what's going on, eventually you uh, you're, you're going to collapse in on yourself, yeah. and you, you you meditate. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, you're going to meditate eventually, or you're going to give up. Let's be honest. I was not a, a meditating person. I don't Hell know. No. Five or six years ago. Nope. Oh, I love my gosh. Me either. My- 
Oh, okay. That's I, good. I have not missed a day of meditation in almost two years, I think. Um, wow. Every single morning, that's how I start my day. I have to. Yeah. I have to. It's um the, the analogy I use is remember back in like the 80s and 90s, they used to have the phone booth, right, on the game shows. Yep. And you would go up there and they would have all this money on the bottom of the, you know, the yes. bottom of the phone booth. And you'd step in and they'd like maybe give you a little <laughs> one of those fanny packs or some shit to stuff it in, you know, and they fire it up and you start grabbing, right? And you stuff it in there. It's a big pain in the ass. You probably get like a hundred bucks, right? Because all you grabbed was ones, whatever. I think meditation first thing in the day is like getting a shot at walking into the phone booth before they turn on the fan and all the money is thoughts and mm. as many as you can scoop up in the morning that's how many you won't have during the day it's kind of yeah. like that it allows me to clean up before clean up. i start exactly because that's true i can't get i can't go in there at 8 p.m. And, and try to get, grab all the dollars as they're floating around or they're stuck to the roof at that point. I can't even get it because it's a 10-foot phone booth. I'm just jumping in yeah. there like an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so no you're completely right. I think right. meditation, however you try it, there's so many different ways. Yeah. Get in nature, walk, you know, do an exercise of some sort. But just don't think about tomorrow or yesterday. Yeah. That's all it is. And then suddenly... All those things that you cared about start to unravel and show themselves for what they are. Yeah. You know, you mean all this bullshit was tied to the fact that I wasn't supposed to put a coffee cup on the counter? It's literally yeah. shit like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's not easy because I've heard some some of my friends telling me, like, I'm scared to be alone with my thoughts. You know, like, it I, is I scary. don't. It is scary. And sometimes you're like. It shouldn't be because when was the last time a thought strangled you? Yeah. Yeah. You ever been punched by a thought? No. Yeah. Yeah. A thought literally can do nothing to you, but we're scared shitless of it. Yeah, I know. And they put like, let's put on some music because when when you don't do anything, like I have my breakfast, I put on some music because I don't want to hear my thoughts. Like, no, no, no. You need to be with yourself. Just two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. And yeah. My advice to everybody and yes. I tell all my friends, I tell my family, I don't care who the hell you are. It's 20 minutes a day, first thing in the morning, every single day. If you do that for 30 days, your life will be exponentially different. Doesn't matter if you suck at it. Doesn't matter if you sit down every time and say, this is bullshit. All I hear yeah. is everything else in my head. Just do it. Go sit back down, 20 minutes, concentrate on your breath. Doesn't work. Get up the next morning, sit down. Concentrate on your bath. 30 days later, you're going to go, oh, fuck. You mean, wait, 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 wait. What's going on here? World starts to shift. You start to see yeah. things differently. It's exactly. It's amazing. It, yeah. It's like magical. It's I'll a cosmic like, joke. Yes, Dude, it is. it's a cosmic joke. When you start to see behind it a little bit, you're like, hey, wait a minute. Why are we, one of these kids is not like the other. You look at all the creatures on the planet and you're like, well, well there's more to this. Yeah. There's a reason why animals won't come around us because we're fucking bad shit crazy. <laughs> we're going to get it grabbed by a leg, you know. Everything's yeah. like that cartoon little girl that grabs a hold of bunnies and squeezes their head off. No wonder they run when they see us because we we need mindfulness. We need, we need yeah, now. we need that. We need that. I mean, in London, for example, it's raining a lot because it's London. Yesterday, the sun was out at like 8 a.m. I woke up, I opened my my window and I just smiled like 
like a, like a little girl who's so Santa. I don't know. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm, I don't know, five, five years prior, I would, I would have been like, why do we stop doing that? What? Yeah. Why do we? Why? I think it's because when we were kids, everything was a wonder. You were like, oh my gosh, everything is amazing and everything. And then you realize you're growing up and then everything is like, it's, it's here. But you don't why? pay attention anymore. That's what bothers me. It's, yeah, I know. it's why is it not amazing anymore? Because it's still the same. Fucking yeah. sunrise is amazing. It's yes, two, it it's is. a planet going around a star. It's all this shit. It's beautiful colors, oceans. You can see things moving. You know, there's horizons, all this shit. But for some reason, we don't give a shit about it except for on special occasions, you know, like when you're proposing or when you're on vacation or, Ugh. you know, some shit like that. You're seeing the sun. And I think it kind of started to dawn on me. There was that big thing where they had the colorblind glasses, right? And you mm -hmm. saw people that had never um, seen color before. And then they hand them these fucking glasses, they put them on, and they're having like a fucking moment. Yes. They're like, they're losing their minds, they're weeping, they're saying God, praise, or whatever, yeah. all these things. And all they did was switch from a black and white TV to a color one. To a color one, yeah. That should tell us what the fuck we're taking for granted. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if they're that amazed by it, we probably still should be too. Yeah, we should. But we're so focused on ourselves and our shitty lives and our struggle, struggles and we're problems ourselves. that we... Yeah. Your job, yeah. your 40-year job was self-defense from societal judgment as to whether or not you were acceptable. Mm. You're acceptable when you have a degree, you have a job, yes. you have a house, you have a mortgage, and all those things like you mentioned when we started. Right? Yeah. But... Not one of those is fulfilling. Exactly. Unless you make your passion your job. Yeah. That can and that work. can That'd be, be anything. You can yeah. love making shit. You can be a carpenter. You can be a physicist, whatever it is. But make sure it's what you want to do. And then it's not a job. Yeah, exactly. The purpose is, is there. Like, make it your purpose. If it's your purpose, that's great. If just, it's not. Just do it. Don't, yeah. don't take a plan B. Run exactly. for it. Run, Run for, for it. Yeah, yes. full force. Don't look yeah. back. And it, it will happen. It, it will happen. Not. Yeah. You know, it, you just keep going that direction. No plan Bs. I like that. No plan B and no giving up. No giving up. Yeah, it's, you know, I used to look at uh, failure or things that got in the way, like even small things like, you know, editing something and the whole file drops and I've got to do the whole thing again. In the past, that would have set me off. I would have been aggravated about it, pissed off, all that kind of stuff. Now I just look at it and I go, I still have to do it, but this time I might even get it better because I'm starting from the beginning again. Yeah. And always do. I find something extra in there that I get rid of or whatever, rather than sitting there all pissed and I learn a new, a new trick, a new, you know, skill or something like that. How do I get, you know, the siren out of the background of this person's audio <laughs> in New York City, you know, and, and you can do it. If you've, if you sit there, you know, like a dodo, like me, just staring at it over and over again, but it's not work. It's art. Yeah. It's art. That's all and you it is. You shifted your mind looking like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, Amy, I'm so happy to spend this time with you and I'm, I'm yeah. super grateful that you came on the show. I love the Jay. Thank you so much for having me. You want to um, let's, let's get your, uh, your plugs out there. Let everybody know where they can find you um, social media, your music, where can they download it? Where can they uh, show you some love? 
So I have, uh, my name is Amy Larry, A-M-Y-L-E-R-I-E. And you can find me on Instagram, um, uh, Spotify for my music, iTunes, Deezer. And uh, I have a website too, amylarymusic.com, where I put uh, a lot of like my updates, uh, what I'm doing right now and some of my videos too. I have a YouTube channel too. My video of uh, Ben Platt singing, uh, Ben Platt, which is from Dear Evan Ensign, but you don't know Dear, Dear Evan Ensign. So it's, you're not helping. Was Jay, it an acoustic anyway. thing where you guys were sitting together in a small room playing? Uh, no, no, no. I, I was singing by myself and it was like a, it was like a, a cover of this song. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, sorry. Okay, but yeah. I did go to your YouTube channel. I saw oh, a couple yeah, of back behind that. the scenes Yay. stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, of course I went and looked at it. You're coming <laughs> on the show. <laughs> you're, you're a gifted and talented artist. So I want to give your oh, art you. the respect it deserves because that's one thing that a show like this has taught me is that people put their heart and soul into these things and it's so easy for people to just shit on it. And yeah. you don't see all that time behind the scenes where you're just toiling away trying to get each and every small piece correct, yeah. you know, for them. You're not even doing it for yourself because it's a voice yeah. for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Thank you so much. Oh, you're amazing. And I'm sure we'll see you again. You can be our one of our music professors now at the Tragedy Academy. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> we can do some, uh, some math things sometimes if you no. want, you know. Get, get out of here. <laughs> Like, oh my god! Just, yeah, like I'm gonna end the show. Math. Oh my god! Get that out of here. My students. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> What's math? <laughs> I'm, we're we're gonna stick with music. No, I'm just kidding. We could all probably use some uh, some fine tuning there. But I think I read something from Einstein the other day. It said that um, don't bother memorizing something that you can look up. Oh, interesting. And I was like, what? well, fuck. If he says it, I'm in. <laughs> I probably misquoted that, but it was something of that field is what he was explaining i was like oh, i'm in I'm but like, kids don't use that on the te on the math test because if you write that down on the math test <laughs> so wait a minute let me ask you this math teacher before we go okay when you start doing math that is beyond a certain level or the people around you that are adults mm -hmm. how many of them whip out a piece of paper and start running that shit down long style <laughs> Nobody. Uh, we nobody. all open up the computer or fucking phone, whatever it is. I've seen people like take off their shoes and use toes. Like they'll do anything to not. That's true. But That's we'll true. tell our kids, you better fucking do it. You yeah. know, and it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> use That's a calculator. True. The TTA yeah, approves yeah. calculators. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> calculator is here. All right. Thanks a lot, Amy. And remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. Hey, academics. Thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at thetragedyacademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media on Instagram at the Tragedy Academy 2019 on TikTok at the Tragedy Academy and on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows, updated info and thoughts. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to show at the Tragedy Keep an eye out on Instagram for Tragedy Academy giveaways. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool. Keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others. 
and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey. You'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink. They don't fade and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles and the art is nothing short of spectacular with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30 day money back guarantee, lightning fast shipping and hassle free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes, Get over there, check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.